Welcome to the Sword and Spirit Ministries International Podcast. We are a church with God's heart and we have you at heart. Be blessed as you listen. Greetings and honor to Apostle and Pastor Zandi, our global leaders and co-founders of Sword and Spirit. Let's celebrate them once again. I also want to greet all pastors here present, leaders, partners. <clears throat> we want to also greet our guests, anyone who's visiting us for the first time. We love you. We thank God that you came. We believe that today the Father has got something for you. Let's just celebrate first time visitors once again. Even online, if you are connecting with us for the first time, you can direct message us. We want to reach out to you. I also want to give a special greetings to my wife and my family and I thank them for the love and, and support. Hallelujah. My message is, is, is finished by the testimonies that happened today. You know, as, as you prepare, the father always knows what he has in, in, in stock. The, Jesus said, if you don't believe the words that I speak to you, then believe the works. Then believe the works. I believe that today we have just been given enough testimonies to testify of the goodness of God, of the word of God that is always accompanied with works. Let's just give God for this great work that is happening in this place. Hallelujah. I want to say to you, next year it, it will be your story even better than what has been testified. You will come and testify of a better works of God in your own life. Hallelujah. Today I want to briefly share a message about the results of his presence in our lives. That's why I'm saying the message is finished because what has been testified of is the result of the presence of God in our lives. Hallelujah. So we, we have been introduced to 2024 theme a sword and spirit that says the Lord is with us. Hallelujah. Today I want to say it is not good enough to know about the theme. Right? We say Emmanuel, the Lord is with us. You know, we can say that out of religious knowledge, but nothing will come out of it. I believe that this theme is not just a nice slogan, but it is a call and an invitation for all the sons of God to, to understand what really it means that the Lord is with us. You may be wondering and saying, what are we called and invited to? Firstly, I want to say, it's not a religious call. How many people you could cite where the scripture says, Emmanuel, the Lord is with us. We know that, what can that do to you? It's not an invite of knowledge, but it's an invitation and a call to manifest the result of his presence in your life. So in other words, the theme is just not the nice words and the phrase, but we are being called and invited, all of us, to manifest the results of his presence. Now, these results must be manifest in our personal lives and collectively as a church. Because the Father is concerned about our lives getting better. He's concerned about his church getting better. 
in Genesis, we, we understand that God walked with Adam and Eve. Now, God walking with them suggests that there was closeness, there was intimacy, and there was fellowship that was happening between him and, and, and Adam. If you read Genesis 3.8, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. So in the presence of the Lord, you do not only enjoy closeness, intimacy, and fellowship. You are also able to hear the sound and the voice of the Father. So we are being invited to a position where we are able to clearly hear the sound and the voice of the Father. When we say the Lord is with us, it means there is no sound that the Father will make that we will not be able to decipher. There is no voice that will come out there that we will not be able to hear because the Lord is with us. Hallelujah. When you read John 10, 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Right? The sheep know, hear my voice. Right? In the presence of the Lord, we must listen and hear so that we can obey. The Bible says, that My sheep hear my voice. I know them based on a relationship, fellowship, closeness, and it, but it then says they follow me, which talks about obeying, doing what the Father. So when we say the Lord is with us, we are being called to a level where we don't just hear the voice, right? Because sometimes we can hear because we have ears, but when we listen to the voice, it's now an intentional action that we take so that we can decipher what we are hearing. Right? Once we have heard, we then have a responsibility to obey. This is what will change our lives. This is what will change the community. It will change everything about us. So when we say the Lord is with us, it's a call. It's an invitation of a higher level. The Bible says when we received, our position was then changed. We were seated with Christ in heavenly places when we received. Right? Our understanding delayed us in order to partake of everything that comes with the change of position. So when we say the Lord is with us, we are being reminded that we cannot operate from a different position. But we must operate from the position that we gained when the union with Christ was established in our lives. In 1 John 4, 17, the Bible enlightens us and says, in this union and fellowship, with him. Love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him because as he is Christ, so are we in this world. So we understand that for you to manifest the results of his presence, right? You must stay in the union and fellowship. Now, union, the Bible says, when we received a position was changed. That's permanent. But fellowship, it needs some intentional doing so that you can then be able to continuously hear, decipher, and be able to do accurately. There is nothing we need to do in order to be granted benefits that comes with union. When we receive, those benefits are granted. But our fellowship 
takes us closer or defends us from what, what we need to do. So when we say the Lord is with us, we must understand that there is a union with the Lord. But through fellowship, we are able to have calibrated ears that we can be able to decipher what the Father wants us to do and then our lives will be changed. In John 10, 30, the Bible, Jesus says, I and the Father are one in essence and in nature. So when we are one with Christ, we are then one with him, not only just in spirit, but in essence and every nature. Remember in the beginning, we were created in the image of God and the likeness. From the beginning, God created a being after him. He didn't just create us to only look like him. He deposited abilities to function like him. So when we say the Lord is with us, what are the results of that presence? You are created in the image of God. You are created in the likeness of God. And you are one with God and Christ in essence and in nature. First Corinthians 3.16 reminds us, let's read, it says, Do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Now, when we go back to Genesis 3, Adam and Eve thought they could hide from God. Because in their comprehension, they thought presence was external. We heard the sound of your voice, you were moving. Right? But in the New Testament, we are told that the presence dwells in you. So where can you hide from God? Because it says the Spirit of God dwells in you. So there is no place as a believer where you can hide from the presence of God because you are a carrier of his presence. So wherever you choose to go, you go with his presence. So, in, in, in the Old Testament, also David then understood because in Psalms 51, 11, he says, don't cast me away from your presence. Don't let your Holy Spirit depart from me. Because he understood that he needed to stay in this continuous presence and continuous fellowship with the Holy Spirit. If we are to benefit from understanding that the Lord is with us, we must stay in his presence so that we can be able to manifest the results of his presence. Even Moses in the Old Testament understood the power of the presence because he said in, in Exodus 33, 15, he says, if your presence does not go with us, don't depart. So he understood that it is possible as a religious believer to walk without understanding that of the power you have in the present. So you can walk like someone who does not have the presence. Remember the Bible says he dwells already in you. So the fact that there is no manifestation has to do with me than the dwelling of the presence. So when we say the Lord is with us, we must understand that there is nothing that can now happen contrary to what to what the Father already wants to do. But you need to cooperate. Remember we said the union is permanent, but the fellowship gives you ability to then manifest. So in the year that is coming, we need to walk with an understanding that the presence stays with us. So when they say don't go in there, you understand that I can. 
because I'm the carrier of his presence. So I know that it requires me to step in for the situation to change. Hallelujah. So in other words, we can't be intimidated by people who don't carry the presence of God. But if we depart without being awakened to that truth, we are like the people who thought you can hide from God or maybe God because his presence is external. Somewhere he's not too close for him to perform what he wants to perform. So in the New Testament, we are reminded that we are the temple of God and God's spirit dwells in us. So the Lord is with us whether we feel like it or not. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with you. Whether you can feel it, you can't feel it, but the Lord is with you. Whether you feel like you are carrying his presence, but you are his carrier of his presence. First Corinthians 15 verse 45, it says, So it is written in scripture that the first Adam became a living soul and the last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit, restoring dead to life. So, when you become a believer, you are born after the last Adam, who is a life-giving spirit. So we too as believers, we are life-giving spirit. Because we are, born, we are one with him in essence and in nature. So whatever Jesus came to do, it's what we came to do here on earth. First John 4, 7 says, as Christ is, so are we in this world. So when we boast about the presence of the Lord in our lives, there must then be a manifestation of the results of that presence. We can't be the same believers. There must be something distinct about us. There must be something superior about us. And that can only be attributed to his presence in our lives. So when we are given it, we are being reminded to walk in consciousness that you don't walk alone. You walk with the Holy Spirit living in you. In any situation, he's able. Jesus said, it's better that I live so that you can receive a helper who knows everything, who will remind you of everything, who will tell you anything that we want. So the challenge is that as a believer, if we think that we have space for the Holy Spirit to, to lead us only when we are in the company of believers, then we are mistaken. Because the Holy Spirit knows everything. He's concerned about everything concerning your life. So when you walk in that consciousness, you understand that it doesn't matter where you are. You don't need a tabernacle that is full of glory because the glory is you. You don't need to go to the temple because you are the one. So when you have shown up, the temple has arrived. The glory has arrived. And then anything else that then has a problem with it must only depart. We need to walk with that consciousness. We cannot just be happy that the Lord is with us. Then what? The Lord is with you in your business. Then what? The Lord is with you at work. Then what? The Lord is with you in your family. Then what? Because we are called to manifest the results of the presence. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, the Bible says, and it assures us that now the Lord is the spirit. Where there is spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. Amplified says there is emancipation from bondage and true freedom. So it is possible that for long the church has proclaimed freedom. That's not true. 
Because if scripture talks about true freedom, it means there is also false freedom. When you are a believer, that cannot manifest the results of the present. There is something limited about that freedom. When you are bound as a believer and you remain bound, there is something wrong about the word in your life. Because in other lives, we've had the testimonies of what the word does. It's the same word. That was preached. Hebrews 4 said the word was preaching all of them. But we understand that it profited some because they did not mix the word with faith. We were told last week by Pastor Zandi that here there is faith that works. There is always profit from mixing the word with faith. So when the word does not profit you, there is nothing wrong with the word. I need to check myself as a believer. Because the word is preached to all of us. How is that possible? That we don't even remember the date when the apostle said there is a resurrection of the dead. But someone who was present, who caught the word and understood the word and labored according to the word, years later, not so many years, comes back and delivers the prophet that came. The same word. So when we say the Lord is with us, he's the same Lord that has al always been with us. He was with us when we received Christ. But there is an awakening that is required from every believer so that that presence can now don't become head knowledge, but it can manifest as results. So 2024 is about believers who are going to perpetually manifest the results of the presence. That is your story in 2024. That the presence is not a head knowledge, but the presence, you will point it in your family, you will point it in your business, you will point it at work, you will point it in your career. Because then there can't be his presence that is so powerful and your life remains the same. I'm still talking about the results of the presence. In our lives. In the few scriptures that I've shared with you, these are some of the few things you can extract is that in, in his presence, there is the enjoyment of closeness, intimacy, and fellowship. In his presence, there is hearing the sound and the voice of the Lord so that you know what you need to do. In his presence, there is functioning like Christ. There's functioning like Christ. In his presence, there is restoration of life. In his presence, there is emancipation from bondage and there is true freedom. Because the world is tired to look at believers who speak about great power, but they can't see great power. You know, these days, Apostle, I was, I was, I was agitated by the fact that Thieves around here, they think that they can come into this house and steal. And in 2024, that's not our story. That is not our story. Because how can we be in the presence of the Lord and the thieves that don't have Christ could come and get access in the house of the Lord and get away with it? We will find them here frozen with everything that they've stolen. Because it cannot be. It cannot be. It cannot be. 
David cannot be that as a son of God. You can be tormented by the enemy and the enemy with it cannot be. There is a presence in my life. So how can I be bound? How can I be bound? How can I be bound? So the results of the presence is what will mark our life. So it's not us who are going to go and tell people about the presence. It's the world that is going to see the manifestation of the presence. When they hear that the thieves tried to steal and they were frozen, they're going to say, in that church there's people pray and things happen. Hallelujah. It's not about head knowledge. It's about the manifestation of the presence. Whatever that you thought you were limited in 2024, the presence that is with us is able to break every yoke, is able to break every curse. There is no curse. It doesn't matter how many decades it has stayed in your family. That will still be because of the presence in your life. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. So the first part is that Adam thought the presence was outside, but we know that the presence is inside and we carry the presence. That's why they thought they could hide. But we must know as believers that there is no way you can hide from God. But when you read verse 9 of Genesis chapter 3, it says, but the Lord called Adam and said to him, where are you? Now you can read the whole scripture. We know how Adam answered, but that's not my talking point for today. Today the father is asking us in the spirit, not in the flesh. You see, when he asked Adam, where are you? He knew he was still in the garden, in the physical. So the father knows you are here, probably even here now, today. But that's not the question. He's looking in the spirit. He's looking for you. And he's saying, where are you? This is the question that the father, because his presence, when you are present in the spirit, then there is no way that there won't be the manifestation of the results of the present. So the same way he, he, he came back and looked, what made him ask, Adam answered in the flesh, you know, I heard the voice and he went and hide. But that's not the issue. The father was concerned that Adam had shifted. Still in the garden, but shifted. I don't know who has shifted. You are still in church, but you have shifted. The father is asking, where are you? The father is saying, where are you? Where are you? So the question has got nothing to do with location. Has everything to do with the position that God has placed you in. He's asking, where are you? Because he's looking where the seat you are supposed to occupy. He can't find you. Maybe you are in the right company, but you are occupying the wrong seat. The father is not looking. He's looking in your seat. He's like, where are you? Maybe you are in the right community, right community, right seat. But the father is asking today, he says, where are you? Because he can see the seat. He knows what you are supposed to be doing in the seat, but he can't see it. So today, May you be able in your fellowship with the Father to answer him correctly. May you be able to answer him correctly because 
what will happen in 2024, it has everything to do with not being shifted with where the Father wants us to do. So, we, we, it's okay to be in the right location, but the Father is more concerned. He says, you know, in a soccer a match, you have 11 players, you've got strikers, midfield, and defenders. So, sometimes the coach will stand and shout when he sees the striker there in the defense. He's shouting, he says, so and so, where are you? He can see him. He's in the field. But that's, he's not concerned. The father is not concerned about, he's concerned about, are you in the right position where I place you? Because who's going to score goals? Who's going to score goals for God if you are a striker in the kingdom? Who's going to defend if you are a defender in the kingdom? Who's going to assist if you are a fit that is aimed to do all the assist? So for long, church makes us to be happy to be in the location, to be in the soccer field. But the kingdom of God is concerned about you are there, but what are you busy with? What are you doing there? It's okay, you dressed, you woke up, you are at church. It's okay, but did you do what you're supposed to do? So when we talk about the manifestation of the presence of God, the Father is, is okay. We are at certain spirits, that's fine. But where are you? Where are you? You're supposed to be the CEO of the company. He's looking. He keeps seeing different names. He's asking, where are you? You're supposed to be the manager there, but you are the worker that works like a donkey. The father says, no. Where are you? So in 2024, I prophesy that all of us, we are being awakened to the presence of God and we are rising to assume the right position that the Father has because there is something that will shift in the kingdom of God once all of us occupies the position. I pray that we may all be dissatisfied with just the location, just the proximity. Let's just be satisfied that we are seated in the right seat. You may be busy, but the father, when he's looking at the results, he doesn't see them. He's asking, where are you? Cartel Tired from busyness. But the father says, no, I've called you to be productive. You are busy minding being busy. What are you doing being busy when I called you to be productive? Where are you? Are you in the busy lane or are you in the productive lane? I don't know what the Father has put in your heart to be productive, but today he's asking because he doesn't see the manifestation of the results of that. He's saying, where are you? Where are you? We want the year to end. But the Father is saying, Ish, where are you? Where are you? In John 15, 16, 
We'll just stop wherever. Yeah. So in John 15, 16, Jesus says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have appointed and placed and purposefully planted you so that you will go and bear fruit and keep on bearing fruit and that your fruit will remain and be lasting so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name as my representative may give you. So from this scripture, you must understand that you, you are already chosen. You are already chosen. Right, so there's no, you don't have to fight to be chosen. Two, you are already appointed. We're talking about, these things will help us manifest his presence because if we have his presence, but you think that, hey, I must still be chosen, then you are lost because Jesus said it, I've long chose you. And you say, I they must appoint me. He says, I've already appointed you. Then you're like, no, they must place me. He says in the same scripture, I've already placed you. Then he said, no, I must still be planted. I'm not sure. He says, I have purposefully planted you. So what's your excuse? You are chosen. You are appointed. You are placed. You are purposefully planted. That's why when he asks, he's not concerned about these things because he's done them. He placed Adam somewhere, gave the instruction and gave everything. So when then he shifted, he had to ask, where are you? It was not that Adam was not placed. He was already placed. But he was busy with other things other than what the father is doing. He shifted. And then things didn't go accordingly. But we thank God that even when we have shifted, He's a loving God. He's a gracious God. He doesn't hold it against us. He still comes back. When he asks and says, where are you? It's because he's inviting you to regain your position. He's inviting you to reconnect with what you He's not asking because he wants to cut you out. You see, Adam thought God was going to give them a clap. So he says, oh, we hide because, you know, we serve a God who's not like that. No, he's not like that. He's a gracious God. That's why he says, no, no, me choosing you has got nothing to do with your doing. Has everything to do with me. Me purposefully planting you somewhere, it's me deciding. Then he says, he did all of this so that we may bear fruits that last. So God is not concerned about bearing fruits and not bearing fruits. Bearing fruits and not bearing fruits. He's concerned about consistency. He's saying, bear fruit that last. Bear fruit that last. May, may, may 2024 be the beginning of bearing of fruits that last. May our lives be marked with consistency in everything. We can't be hot today, tomorrow we are cold. We can't have it today, tomorrow we don't. We, can, we can't speak this language, tomorrow we are speaking another language. We are called to bear fruits that last. Genesis 39 verse 2 to 3, as, as I close, I will, I will end with this one. The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph 
even though he was a slave, he became successful and prosperous man in the house of his master. And now his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all he did to prosper and succeed in his hand. When you read verse 4, it says Joseph found favor with Potiph. Joseph was made overseer and put in charge of everything. Verse 5 says the Lord blessed Egyptian house because of Joseph. Potiphar left all that he owned in Joseph's charge. Then it says with Joseph there, he did not need to pay attention to anything except what he needed to eat. I believe that as we say the Lord is with us in 2024, the Father is rewriting our story to be similar like Joseph. That you may think, yeah, I'm a slave. He says, that doesn't matter. What matters is my presence. Because we understand that the prosperity of Joseph first as a person had nothing to do with the conditions where Joseph was placed. Had everything to do with the presence of God. But now he didn't only prosper alone. Right? He, the house, we are told that the, 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 the house where Joseph was in began to prosper because of Joseph. May, may it be your story that in 2024, you don't just become prosperous and successful, but the house that you are in, I prophesy by the Spirit of God that it will then begin to prosper because of your presence. But let that won't be your story. We want prosperity such that even the heathens will look at you and say, we know that it is God that caused him to prosper. We know that it is God that caused him to prosper. Because when we have his presence and the manifestation of the results will cause people and say, there is something. So if you can tap into the mningi God that is found here. So because when you then understand that there is abundance of his presence living within you, then you start doing exploits wherever you are. We will all be rushing to fight for testimonies because of the results of the present. Because the announcement of the present is not for us to feel good. It's a call and an invitation for a higher life that was given unto us, but religion kept us bound. It was given with the union but we were busy with religion for long. But the father is saying, no, understand that there is much more with my presence. You can lose everything with his presence. It doesn't matter what they take. It shall be restored unto you. It shall be restored unto you. It doesn't matter what they do. Because of his presence, your life is going to shine brighter and bright. Your life is going to be bad because of his presence. Not because of anything. Even the ones that says you will be nothing without me, watch them look at you prosper in 2024. They will know that I am something because of God. In 2024, the Father wants us to live the life he purposed for us. He wants us to do the things he has already purposed for us. We can't be busy because the reward for busyness is tiredness. But when we are productive, there is a greater reward from the Father because he wants us to live 
productive lives. He wants us to be bad. He wants our lives to be bad. He wants our businesses to be bad. He wants our companies to be bad. He wants our families to be bad. He wants our children to be bad. He wants the communities to look at us and say, it is the Lord that caused them to do, to do these things. May it be our story in 2024 that the entire city, the entire region, the entire globe, when they have a chance to see and let them see that it is the Lord, it is his presence. So when we say the Lord is with us, people will be seeing the manifestation from one person to that. Let's stand on our feet. Shabro seke zibre shikandorubosia the, the Bible records before we just finish that Jesus went about preaching everywhere. But in the preaching, the Bible records that there were signs that followed him. So he didn't just preach and people were happy about religion. But there was the manifestation that came from the presence and the anointing of the Father. Today, I just don't want to leave someone who's sick and say, you came in the house of the Lord and we ministered the word and you live and you are still sick. We want to pray for you because this word comes with power that is able to restore your life. I don't know if you have given up on something, but the Father is saying, I want to restore life back to you life back to you. In preparation for what he's about to do in your life in 2024, he wants you well because there is a greater responsibility that he wants you to shoulder. So if you are not well, I just want to pray for you and agree with what the Father has already done. Please come. We don't want to close you out. You can come and fellowship and have a corporate presence and you live the same. Anyone who seek, come. We just want to release the word of healing for you. We want you to be, we want you to enjoy true freedom. You can't be a son and live in sickness. Hallelujah. You can't be a son and not be able to. So if anyone is who's here that's sick, if you are here and you also want to stand in the gap for someone in your family that's sick, we want, we want you to be the portal to be the point of connection that will release healing to your family. We just want you to come. We want you to come so that we can lay hands on you. Lay hands on you. There is power. There is power. There is power. The manifestation of the presence. The Bible says, if we are one with Christ in essence and nature, it means when Jesus preached and there was healing, we can't preach and there is no healing. He says he healed all men of, and there was a report that came and said, the, the Bible says, then people started speaking about what Jesus was doing. Because in 2024, our story is that people will speak because of the signs, miracles, and wonders that are going to be elevated because of the presence of the Lord. Let's pray in tongues and stretch our hands, unite our faith with them. Thank you, Lord. 
Bible in Matthew 20, Matthew 4, around 23, it speaks about Jesus healing every man of sickness as he was preaching. But there is a greater miracle that Jesus did to call people to receive him. You know, when you receive, when your life is saved, is a greater miracle than any sickness. So if you are here and you have never given your life to Christ, the word that was released cannot function for you because the first part is to be united with him so that whatever that comes with the package of union can flow in your life. We just want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. While, we, while our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, we just want to give an opportunity to anyone who's here who say, I want this Jesus. Jesus, I want this life to flow in my life. I want to see the manifestation of God's presence in my life. You need to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Do we have anyone today who has never given their life to Christ? We, we don't want to rush the business and not give you what will change your life. You know, as we close, we thank you, Father, that we are all saved. The Father was saying to me that one of the most important result of his presence in our life. There must be change in our lives. There must be transformation in our lives. And our lives must become better. 
So I know if 2023 was a difficult year for you, I know that the presence of God in your life is going to bring about tangible change. It's going to bring about transformation. The Father was saying to me, as long as people get to church and come back and remain the same, we just have a religious show on a Sunday. Father, this is not our story. Our story here is that people are changed. Our story here is that people are transformed. Our story here is that life is restored. Our story here is that your people are restored. Our story here is that businesses are brought back to life. Our story here is that we are highly favored, oh God. Father, I pray, oh God. I pray that everyone who visits us, oh God, you may have a tangible encounter, oh God, that they may know the power of your presence, oh God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Breathe, Lord. Breathe, Lord.